just take a pause, take a minute, and think about what you really want, what you really would like to be doing, and what that outcome, dream about that outcome that, that you would like to have from that, and focus on that instead of all the negative obstacles that are thrown at you all the time. Those always, I've, I've seen decades of nothing but negative stuff thrown out there. It hasn't changed anything. What's made a difference is what each individual person chose to do personally themselves that made a difference in their life. None of the rest of that stuff made a difference. It didn't change a thing. I'm not allowed to um, have the gratitude attitude every day. So when you wake up in the morning before you do anything, just take a moment to be grateful and to appreciate who you are, what you have. Even if you feel, you know, life sucks. Mm -hmm. You have something, you, you, you're breathing. Mm -hmm. And the more that you practice that, the more the positive will come into your life. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Jeff Mara podcast. Tonight's guests are Trevor and Eileen Build. They are a husband and wife power couple who have created a brand based on ordinary to extraordinary life. They have co-founded the Roku channel Knob TV and they bring you a combination of categories with engaging content that creates a 360 degree view of the world. So Trevor and Eileen, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having thank us. You. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what I want to get right to and what I'm really interested in is your channel. And so for people who don't know, let's first start with that's the dog, if you can hear that noise. She's playing with her toy. Uh, let's start with first, what is the Roku channel? And how, I think that's like an app on TV or something. Yeah, it's basically a way to use your internet okay. to uh, with a stick, kind of like a Amazon Fire Stick. Oh, okay. To pull content through the internet instead of using cable. But it's a Roku stick. Oh, okay. it's a Roku stick. Okay, see, I didn't even, I had no idea that that's what that was. Yeah, and, and everything that we do is prepped for Amazon. We just haven't opened up the Amazon part yet. I heard that Amazon has a requirement of the camera that they use to make your content to be available on Amazon. Is that true? What I've run into is more all the pieces of paper you have to fill out and get signed by... Uh, the people involved in the content uh -huh. uh, into them before they'll even put the product out there. Okay. I don't. I don't know of a camera restriction. Yeah, there's. It, some... the, we use all broadcast cameras, so, so if they reject it, they're rejecting what people are out there using in the media all the time. So I don't think so. Right. Well, you're probably then at the level because I, I believe it's like you have to have at least a certain sensor size, like a one inch sensor on your camera, is the minimum. Uh, yeah, I think that might yeah, be that. that would be, you know, about 10 years ago, technology. Mm. Right. So, so anybody that's got a 4K or 6K, mm -hmm. you know, they're already in there. But mm -hmm. everything from about 2003, I think, is probably good. 
Are you guys shooting in 4K? No. There's no need for us to do that. You can't even tell on, on the TV screen. Right. Yeah, I agree. I've heard that the file size is huge, and I just don't want it to eat up my computer they, with that. They are, and, and you, quite frankly, uh, I actually downsize what we do, huh. uh, which is is not 4K. So Right. Uh, and the, the guys out there, you see shouldering those cameras that are doing the media. Yeah. They're not using 4K either. Right. So 4K is really good on a user uh, viewer level. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it, nobody's past 60 you know, frames. frames per second on TV. Right. And they're hoping to get 100 frames per second. So the 4K has, doesn't have an advantage there that I can see. I agree with you. I mean, maybe it's just an advantage for TV companies to sell you a 4K TV. <laughs> Probably. And how many of the outlets can actually broadcast it? Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Right. So as you were saying, Roku is a hardware device that you can get, um, I guess, all you can get probably Amazon, YouTube, and other platforms that stream through your Roku device. And it's like a it, it hooks up to it, your internet, Wi-Fi. proprietary as far as... If it's a Roku stick, mm -hmm. it's uh, proprietary to um, ro um, anything that's on Roku mm -hmm. itself. Um, they're not affiliated with Amazon. Right. Amazon has their own content. Um, but to make it simple, it, it's a, a stick about this long mm -hmm. that plugs into your HDMI port. Right on your TV, or if you have surround sound, you plug it into the, the HDMI port on your surround sound uh, receiver. Mm -hmm. And then it draws off of your Wi-Fi on your internet mm -hmm. um, through that. Okay. So basically you don't have to have cable if you don't want. Right. We have both. Right. Okay. So yeah, I, we, about a year ago, we canceled cable because no one was watching it. We just said, we just binge Netflix and Amazon and that's about it. So I was like, basically, why am that's I spending what we do. a extra hundred bucks? I'm not spending, spending $150 <laughs> a month for something I don't watch. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I could have sworn, but I could be totally off base because I have to go look at my TV. We have one of the TVs, I guess they call it a smart TV and you can kind of like right. add apps. And I thought Roku was an app within the smart TV. Is that true? Well, they, they are. Uh, but Roku originally just put out their their personal channel. Okay. As an app. Interesting. So if you have that and you go to that, it's just the Roku personal channel. It's not all the other channels like Netflix and them. Uh-huh. That's changing. So right now there's apps coming out for your smart TV. Right. That allow you to access anything. Mm -hmm. um from your computer or from your, your your or from your your cell phone or your tv your smart tv anything that's on your roku uh, that, that you've subscribed to on roku right so it's going to change probably within two months wow it's very soon then right so when that happens we'll have our we can people can download and, and 
use the Knob TV um, uh, channel without having to go through Roku. Right. So it'll have it'll be its own TV channel. Right. So That's awesome. If you have a smart TV, you'll be able to pull it in your 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 drop down menu under your TV, mm-hmm. your smart TV. You'll you can put what you want in there. To watch content on Roku, is that a free service or is that a paid service? It's free. Oh, perfect. So going through a Roku device costs nothing. Mm-hmm. However, uh, Netflix might cost you $10 a month to add that. It may cost so much a month to add Showtime. But there's a ton of free content. Right. So you-, you just have to pick what you want. And, if, you know, they may give you a free subscription time Mm -hmm. um but there's there's so many things to choose from you'll never run out of stuff to watch right yeah that's. but it's like everything else if you've had cable you can have four thousand channels and nothing to watch yeah exactly exactly (laughs) yes but on moku you have not tv to watch there you go (laughs) do you know how many tv channels are on roku Hundreds, thousands, a yeah, lot. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. a lot. Oh, wow. You go into the search, there's a search, and you can type in names and and then add them to your database mm-hmm. so that when you go into Roku, all the titles and everything for who's your, what's your favorite mm-hmm. uh, are right there. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I see. I don't, I'm, that's great. I'm getting an education on Roku because I don't know. I was going to say. Well, honestly, <laughs> I know nothing about it. Let me ask you this, and I think it's amazing that you guys got a channel on there. Can you please tell me how that happened? Well, basically, we um, I'm a little tech savvy, but uh, I never really thought about it until somebody else brought it up. So a parent company, um, these people are friends of ours, mm-hmm. uh, called Red Rocket uh, okay. TV Productions. And who also uh, is another friend, which is Rebel TV, which is all music. Okay. <clears throat> approached us to say, hey, help us out with some stuff mm-hmm. and we'll give you a channel. All right. It was a free, free <clears throat> software. We just had to build it. So. They gave you this. Okay. Let me backtrack. It was Red Rocket and the other one, um, Rebel TV. Rebel TV. And Red Rocket. Production. Did you? Yeah. Oh, you said that one of them was the parent. Does that mean that they own Red Roku? Rocket TV mm-hmm. is the parent of both uh, Knob TV and um, Rebel TV. Okay. And it's basically a, a friend of ours mm-hmm. that you know had the insight to open the stuff up and, mm-hmm. and uh, create the channels. We also have our own endeavors that we're creating on the side that will mm-hmm. be out pretty soon. Does Red Rocket own Roku, or did he get he get this slot from Roku no Directory? Ownership. It's it's just basically a cooperation. Oh okay. Oh okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Cooperation uh, between friends. Uh, uh, yeah. It's not. Yeah, it doesn't have to do with Roku, other than the channels are on Roku. So there's no no like ownership or connection to Roku, other than um, the investment of being able to have the channels on the Roku mm-hmm. device. Basically the software it took to do it. Right. If you had your own tech, your own tech, could you go to Roku yourself and start your own channel oh, yeah, without, I do it tomorrow. without Red Rocket? We're actually developing those too. 
Oh, okay, awesome. In partnership with one of the other people. Now, these, these are all just joint ventures. Right, so we're developing channels, not like a Roku itself, not right. the device and all of that, but channels um, that are part of it, you know, they're in Roku. Mm -hmm. So you can't access these channels unless it's in Roku right now. Mm -hmm. Are you monetizing your content? Yeah, ours could be monetized, uh, though uh, one of the partners hasn't flipped that switch yet. Are there any requirements for monetization? It's really more, well, it can't be copyrighted material that, you know, that you're not supposed to have. Right. Uh, but it's, it's more that it just needs to have enough length of time for mm -hmm. advertisers to, to go on that, Yeah. you know, at the beginning or the end or in, in the middle. Mm -hmm. uh, so if it's real short, it's not really good for them to monetize on right the other thing is you have to attract um, advertisers right um, to want to monetize so it's it, it's a little work on your part too right yeah i was wondering if like you had to have a you know like with youtube you have to have i believe it's a minimum of you know a thousand subscribers a thousand. And, and you need yeah. four thousand of hours of watch time before they'll monetize you is there certain is there any type of requirement on that end that you know to be able um, to be able to monetize it do they have advertisers or are you supposed to supply your own or you can do both they, they have um they have partners that that explore the channels to see what they want you know mm -hmm. so you can get offers okay um the other part would be if you wanted to um advertise yourself or promote that you're open to monetization mm -hmm. which we haven't tried that right we're not really wrapped up in that part of it. Right. And we just started in March, right before COVID. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. We just launched. I mean, we haven't been right. We haven't been uh, up for that long, but it's growing by leaps and bounds. Well, that's great. On a channel like that, you know, you at first you kind of your my mind goes to traditional TV and okay, at eight o'clock is this show and. It's kind of like a schedule of events. Is there a schedule on your channel or is just like there's a bunch of content and you can choose what to watch whenever you want to? It's just like Netflix. When you go on there, mm -hmm. you can scan down the menu and pick what you want to watch, what mm -hmm. looks interesting and watch it. Okay. So there's categories. There's categories. So there's music, personal development, interviews, podcasts, um, creative arts, and we're adding new categories as we add new content so it's same like if you went on your netflix or hulu or mm -hmm. you know you just scan down the different categories mm -hmm. and scroll over and find what you want to watch and watch all right if you're interested uh you're welcome to share and i'm interested too is would you be willing to share with us some of the content uh, categories and some of the content that's on your channel absolutely yeah so um we have music so I'll let him share so that different music. categories of music. So um, all of the categories of music or the musicians on there, mm -hmm. they're original. All the music is original music. Right. There are musicians that are bands that you probably have never seen. Mm -hmm. They're all, unless they're high quality, we do not put them on there. So it'll be anything from rock music to blues, rhythm and blues, um, easy listening, mm -hmm. um, country, country music, right? Um, several categories there. 
These are live. Then, are these interviews or live performances? Live performances. Okay. Some of the live performances that you'll see on there, like one band, um, is Luna Cruz, which is has become a world-renowned band. We filmed their whole concert. We filmed separate, you know, individual songs for them. We actually did the productions on them and put that out. All right. So some of it's our own productions, and uh, but most of it is done by other uh, people running the cameras and and producing. The and they're from all over the all over the world. From oh. all around the world. Wow! So they're just submitting these these music videos to you, and then you put them on Correct. your channel. Then the other things that we do, uh, which she can talk about, is we have categories for uh, podcasts or, or vloggers, mm -hmm. um, some pretty interesting people, interviews of some very um, high-powered minds, right? Uh, things like that underneath that. So you can go from listening to music to learning something. Mm -hmm. Yes, and we've started um, a uh, series called practical wisdom yes and uh, it has six it has each every six weeks and then we'll take a break there's um six interviews under a subject mm -hmm. so the first one that um i think we have one or two left to go up and one goes up every week mm -hmm. um is um right now it's the fear of success so if okay. anybody has a fear of success you can go on roku listen to some professionals on what their um, uh, advice might be or uh -huh. you know, talk about what fear of success is and give uh -huh. some practical wisdom on how to overcome that. Uh -huh. And uh, the next series, uh -huh. I'll give you, I'll give you a, a, um, uh, a lead on uh, the name of the next series, which we're in the process of interviewing, having people interviewed, um, is uh, Difficult People Suck. Oh, I like that title. We, none of us would know anything about that. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good, I mean, good, I don't though. think there's anybody that hasn't dealt with a difficult person in their <laughs> so, life. That's going to be a series on how to deal with it. Right, yeah. yeah. Right. I like that. So then, so, yeah, so we'll, it, we'll have six. It, we've got a guy on there. His name is Atlas. This, this, he's a young man that is just, he's brilliant. Mm -hmm. He does anything, and, and I think we've got 37 episodes with him. Wow. He's a man young man that does anything from how to raise baby chickens. All right. How to build a chicken coop. All right. How to write a rap song. Hmm. How to create beats. How to create a riff on right. guitar. I mean, he, he, he covers about anything that you could think of it's interesting. He goes to different countries. You know, a lot of different scenery. Right. Um, very, very enjoyable to watch. If you can get my attention, it's good. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, my attention is focused on all kinds of content. He is, sounds. Good. He sounds very interesting. What is his name? Atlas. Oh, Atlas. Atlas. That's right. Atlas Gaines. Page. C A G E. Oh, Cage. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like. You can probably pop him right into your into Google and pull him up. I know Roku's with the device. You said it's coming. It it sounded like it's coming to all devices. Is it on? Like, can I pull you up on my desktop computer and watch you guys' channel 
from desktop. Not, right now. not yet. That's coming. That, that's that's coming. what's coming. Uh, the apps for All right. um, cell phones, desktop, and, and uh, um, smarter TVs. Oh, okay. It's coming. Oh, right great. now, it's it, Roku's got a grip on it. Uh, wow. Well, yeah. so one of the um, categories that we're going to be adding is uh, what I call the bookshelf. So there's a lot of authors out there. And we put together three books into a video. Mm -hmm. That's a combination of reviews on the book, the mm -hmm. book itself, a um, bio of the author, which can be either them sharing it in a video format that we embed in the longer video, mm -hmm. uh, and um, some content from the book. So it's kind of unique and different. Mm -hmm. And I've got three or four authors I'm working on right now to mm -hmm. put their video book review into our bookshelf category no basically what it amounts to is if you if you're looking for something to read you should be able to go into that category and you can review um, any one of the um icons there if you click on it you'll have three authors explaining what their book is okay they're explaining their showing books. content video content on it um and then you can just continue over and pick off the different ones and then pick out what you want to get for a book next. Oh, that's awesome. You know, it's interesting that you say that because just the other day I interviewed an author and he has 24 books out. There you go. And this guy, wow. and I don't know if you guys know anything about me at all, but I'm like a full-time YouTube creator. I live off YouTube. I got lucky. Really? And, yeah. And I, I have like, several channels over a billion views and i'm this is something new i'm working on it was Good all in, thank you it's all in kids stuff and i'm trying to kind of develop something based on me instead of my children right yeah so i had told him why don't you just start reading your you own the copyright just start reading your books you know, like an audio book and he got all pumped up about it and he's doing that so i was wondering if, if you guys would ever consider having an author read their book you know it's kind of like an audio book but it's audio video book and maybe if you hear it from the author you'll get the way it was meant to be read we actually hadn't thought about it yet but that's a great idea yeah that's a great idea so yeah. you know if he's interested in talking to us certainly send him our way okay great yeah do you mind if i ask you a personal question if you don't want to answer it you don't have to answer it and it's nothing bad it's nothing it's nothing bad it's just that i know your video people i'm a video person i work crazy long hours like hell to pay the bills and i'm assuming you guys work a long a lot of hours but you're not monetizing your content so how are you guys paying the bills yeah you will I'm retired, mm -hmm. so I have an income. Okay. We get paid when we go out and film stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, anything that we produce, we're making money on it. Mm -hmm. um, she has her avenues that she does things. I'm a, I'm a breakthrough spark coach. So mm -hmm. I work with purpose-driven entrepreneurs to oh, okay. re-engineer their brain oh, to great. upgrade their thinking for a massive success. Oh, that's awesome. So coaching. And she's also, you know, an, an author and uh, writes uh, columns for different publications. I'm an internationally syndicated columnist. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, these so, so we have income that comes from several different sources. 
the video production is actually my—it's actually the smallest part of it. Huh? Uh, yeah, it's sometimes it's good, you know, more, just depends. but I'm, I'm really not out there trying to kill it. <laughs> right. This kind of gives us a good segue is that you guys own Otel Productions. And, um, so I assume, but please enlighten me on it, that part of Otel Productions is your video service. It is. Yes. That's actually all of it. That's all of it. That's all video uh, productions though. If you called us up and said, we need you to be at this concert uh, to, co you know, to cover the, the band completely, mm -hmm. we'd be there with five cameras and we'd be recording that concert. Okay, interesting. I noticed that, and I mentioned it earlier, I noticed on one of your pages that you do a lot at D's Bar. So I was wondering, do you just sponsor bands do you guys have an ownership in d's bar and you're and uh, what's going on behind that it, it's basically a cooperation mm -hmm. we we set that up made an agreement with them uh so that the bands in the jacksonville area which is huge yeah um had an avenue to be able to uh, record stuff to promote themselves mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. so we made an agreement with them that uh Basically, we bring the band. We book all the bands for every Thursday. Mm -hmm. They come in, set up, play for four hours, entertain the crowd, but we record a production on them. Right. In exchange for them playing. Right. Okay. And and so, <coughs> in exchange for that, you use that on your TV channel. What we do that well if it's if it's not copyrighted by somebody else. Right. Uh, but we actually get paid by the venue to do that nice it's not huge right it's just it covers our costs and mm -hmm. you know a little bit of labor and we buy a dinner there <laughs> yeah hey, well, hey but that's know. that's for the local area bands mm -hmm. those same bands though will call us up and say hey we're doing this festival over here mm -hmm. and we want to record it mm -hmm. how much and then we let them know how much it's going to be to All do right. that so it's kind of advertising for us too yeah. When you do do the venue at D's and with your exchange, do you give them like a copy of the recording and they can do whatever they want with it? Absolutely. That's a great trade-off. Well, that's what it's for. That's you, great. You right. We actually record uh, several songs for them uh -huh. and produce those. So we create a demo for them uh -huh. out of that. Right. And then uh, most of them, <coughs> excuse me, they'll give us uh, access to their Facebook page we categorize them into their their facebook page under the video section mm -hmm. so it's already there for them to use yeah. um we just help them you know, it, and they love it you know it, it, they get quality videos it's mm -hmm. not cell phone video quality sound he's perfected the sound over the years right we've been doing it about six years and counting and so we're, we're very well known in the area and sometimes people from georgia and other parts of florida do come and get videos done um so it, it's it's a um, it's a need that we have filled for mm -hmm. the musicians in the area who want top quality um productions and we ventured into that because we got involved with a lot of musicians that were very famous mm -hmm. and they were getting filmed with cell phones and it wasn't very complimentary well yeah you probably just pulled the sound right out of the board right <clears throat> actually we don't i i it, 
there's no school on this, but I figured how to pull eight channels of audio, uh, sometimes 10. Where, where, out of the air. Wow. Out of, out the, of the air. air like they did years ago. Hmm. And mix those down. So uh, if we have four cameras out there, we're actually recording eight channels. If there's five cameras out there, we're recording 10. Right. I'd be real interested to hear that. I used to be really into recording before YouTube. So I can talk shop with you about music all day. Um, I think it's great what you're doing. You know, I'm here in San Antonio. I used to play in Austin. Austin used to be known as the, you know, the, the live music capital of the world. And I think what you're doing is amazing for live music and original music. What was really fascinating is a couple weeks ago, you can see that here on my Jeff Mara podcast, I interviewed the guy that plays with a band. Remember the band Survivor yes. with Eye of the Tiger? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the keyboard player. I yeah. had him as a guest on the podcast and he lives in LA and we were talking that in the old days, the clubs in Los Angeles used to be, and especially down on the strip, that used to be all about live original music. But those days are long gone. I mean, it's tribute. He said it's just tribute bands now and everywhere in LA is, you know, it's either that or cover music. And pretty much, I don't know, but I haven't played in Austin in a long time, but you know, it seems like everywhere it's gone to DJs, which I understand for the bar, it's a hell of a lot cheaper to pay one guy than to pay yeah, a whole band. Yeah, they spend 150 bucks and they got music. Right. And, um, you know, no one really supports live music that much anymore that I know of. I mean, I'm sure there are people, but it sounds like what you're doing is really amazing. It's, it, it's a cooperation where if a band comes to us with uh, original music, those bands can't get booked into a venue because the first thing they ask is, so who do you cover? All right. Wow. Yeah, exactly. That's what, that's what's going on. Which 40 cover songs do you have? You know? Yeah. And uh, so we create the product. Plus we're, we're able to promote them to other venues that this is an original band, but they're good. Yeah. And, and they can entertain for four hours. Right. And hopefully this place, it probably is, um, that you guys do these productions at is a place where people know and expect to hear original music, not to go see cover bands. Yeah. yeah they're going to get both. They're going to get covers mm-hmm. and they're going to get originals. Right. But we present this as, you know, we, we basically tell bands, you got originals sitting back there, get them done, get them right, get them tight, bring right. them. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could just edit out the covers, or well, I don't know. Maybe they want well, that for the for yeah, their. Yeah, well, they got to show some covers in in their in their promotional material mm-hmm. in order to get booked. Right. Are there a lot of places down there for live music bands anymore? Is there a lot of live music venues, or is it mostly st- is it in, gone to in karaoke? Jacksonville, it is. There is okay because yeah, here there, there's yeah there there's two hundred fifty bands here. Wow. Maybe more now. Maybe more. Isn't well, Tom, wasn't Tom Petty from there? Or he's from somewhere, I thought, in Florida. Or Molly Hatchet. Molly and, Hatchet. And um, Leonard Skinner. Leonard Skinner. Right. Blackford. Yeah, it's, a it's a birth of a lot of original music, mm. which is amazing, you know, that, that some of the best music, of, you know, of the early 70s uh, came out of here, but then the local venues go, well, uh, what what's your covers? <laughs> yeah. They don't want they don't want to hear new music. 
Yeah. But that's what we're here for. Yeah, I think it's great. Here's new stuff. So I had read an article one time and it kind of it brought me to reality because I played the bar band world a long time. Is that someone and the article I read, it was like and maybe the, hopefully this is just one guy's opinion. I mean, it's obviously not everybody, but he said that they the people would rather hear the worst cover than the best production of your original song. Mm. You know, that's an interesting thought. Mm-hmm. They, at a certain point, let's say at about 10 o'clock, 9, 30, 10 o'clock, mm-hmm. as long as it sounds familiar to them, they're happy. Yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah. There's some truth to that. If if somebody came to actually listen to um, something really tight, right? Um, then basically that's concert venue most of the time, right? As the as the, I personally don't like to go to big concerts anymore. It's just too loud for me. I don't enjoy the music when it's just too loud. It's. I'm assuming the venue there is pretty small, right? Yeah, well, we do both. So uh, we know what it's like to stand next to those speakers that are too loud. Yeah, on the PA <laughs> and, you know, you While have we're it. filming, so we we run our audio mm-hmm. through our ears, through our cameras, rather than lose our ears. Mm-hmm. Can you give any tips on how to shoot a music video? Yeah, Video-wise, not audio. We we do stuff differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, we break all the rules. So, I and I've noticed that a lot of videographers lately, they they are breaking the rules. It used to be everything was slow, steady, smooth, move, you know, move slowly, you know, mm-hmm. and we actually run our cameras. So we go right after what's making the noise. Right. So the zoom, that slow motion on your zoom, that for us, that's great when we're panning the front line and then looking for where we want to go and move in. But when the, the music's really hitting hard, mm-hmm. we just bam. We jump, just slam. We slam right in there. We'll slam from one instrument to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. Right. And we're both doing that while we're doing it. We have two or three more cameras that are running the wide angle on it. So right. we always have that to fall back on. So, so there's something unique. I guess all I can say is be creative to what feels good to you and go after it. Right. So we have right. our style. Right. What's unique about us is we do not communicate with any kind of headsets. So okay. We've been doing this six years, and what's happened over time is I'm right stage, he's left stage, there's a center camera, and there's one over the drums. And so um, we have adapted so much to the energy of musicians and music mm-hmm. that we just like automatically anticipate two or three seconds before let's say the lead is going to go into or the the, um the lead guitar is going to go into his lead right and so we we've gotten really uh really exceptional at being able to be right where we need to be at the right moment Mm -hmm. and because we both do that sometimes you can't tell 
when he's doing the editing, when he's done with the editing, mm -hmm. that it's two cameras that have worked in that particular scene. Even though it's different sides of the stage. Right. But, you know, it, it's just basically um, the cameras that we use, we can, uh, we can count the hairs in your nose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so even though you're on both sides of the stage, you're not just you're not just looking at the guy close to you. You're still moving your camera from musician to musician. Correct. Good zoom. I mean, we we're, don't move the camera itself. We're, follow, we're following the noise. We follow the energy, the noise. And we, we, we like to capture, you know, musicians when they, they're really in the moment. Yeah. And they're, they're, you can tell when they're connected to their uh, instrument. Right. The so we, we know when that's happening mm. and we will, put focus on that so basically what happens is <clears throat> she might be filming his facial expressions and then scanning down to his instrument right while i'm getting his pick on the on the strings right and scanning up the neck at the same time mm -hmm. but then there's another camera that's covering the whole scene right and we got one on the drums right and as you know, if you're doing video productions, okay. I can manipulate those after that. So that footage moves in and out and, right. and, and angles and stuff. So it's never, you know, nothing's ever standing still. For us, it's art. You know, it's, it's an art. To, right. To film. It's not just filming musicians and their um, band playing music. It's filming them to capture the artist in their form of art. Right. And and interestingly enough, even well-seasoned musicians want to come back for another round mm. because we pull out the best in them. Right. And they realize, oh, okay, I need to I need to own up to how I look because of how they filmed me, right? Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, so it's 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 been good. It's been fun. Yeah. It's been Educating. One of those ones that I'll never forget, um, who who's passed on now, mm -hmm. is uh, Bruce Crump from the drummer from Ollie Hatcher. Okay. He would always go, um, "Would you would you like like fade into that spot, or can you take that? I just I didn't hit that quite right." <laughs> oh wow. Well, yeah, and here you got somebody that's one of the best drummers in the world, mm -hmm. um, well-known mm -hmm. throughout the world, you know, for being the quality drummer that was like, well, can you cut that part out? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think that when you're at a, a, such a level of competency that you, you're, you don't want to be embarrassed if you think you look bad. He wasn't hitting them the same way that he did in the first place. Uh. He was being critical of himself by criticizing himself by himself. Oh, it was all within his own head. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Do you, do you, will the guys or the people say, hmm, I look, you know, gosh, I should have been into it more. I don't look like I have any stage present. I look like I'm just standing there. The next time I need feeling it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that does happen. However, because we're using the amount of cameras and we keep everything very active. Mm -hmm. We don't get it as much as we should, right? Because we make them look much more active than that they are. Oh yeah. 
Have you but got- we let them know, you know, next, you guys next time, you need to get up there and entertain. This yeah. isn't just about music. Exactly. You're not in a studio, you're entertaining a crowd, so... Yeah, it's a, it's a completely different animal. For me, I feel like the band is going away. Obviously not in country music, but rock music, you know, is really, it, you know, what dominates the radio now is pop music. And the computer has kind of leveled the field where you can record on your computer now You in, you know, reasonable, which in, in a way is a good thing because more people can participate in the art and they can record on their computer. But I feel like you just don't see, you know, there's no up and coming bands anymore. I'm not complaining or saying it's a bad thing necessarily. You're just having pop stars and rappers. In a way, it could be a bad thing because no one's going to say, man, I want to be a guitar player like that guy or I want to be a drummer like that guy. And it, that, that's totally understandable. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in the day of auto, you know, auto tune and right. beats. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're right. You in anybody that's a decent vocalist can actually put out a decent song. Yeah. And uh, most of the stuff that we know that that people that we're familiar with, they're recording. It's done in studios, and they're the band is they're 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 studio players. They're not a full time band. Right. So it, it has changed, though I, I think that, like with any fad, it's going to change. At a certain point, people are going to want real right. again on the yeah. stage. So we'll see how it cycles. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, there's nothing, you know, for me, I mean, if you have a really tight band that just sounds really good and it's not so loud that it's killing your ears, it's it's really right. nice to listen to. Exactly. I notice them for me now when I when I do a lot of editing, I feel like, and maybe just because my that my audience is much younger, and I just kind of watch what's going on in YouTube. I mean, every two or three seconds, I want to change what's going on from a different camera angle. Uh-huh. It's just constantly got to be in motion now. Everything the camera's got to be moving, or it's got to be changing, or you just lose people. It's attention. It's, do you feel the same way? Yeah. Exactly. That's why, um, you know, being gracious about it, but we keep our cameras moving. Mm-hmm. And that's why we'll slam many yeah. times right. or pull out really fast. Right. Uh, because of people's attention spans. And then editing, same thing. Right. Now, some of the older musicians, if we film their project that way, they object. Oh. Hmm, interesting. They want to. They want, the they want to keep the smooth. Yeah. You know, like what's on was on TV twenty years ago. Right. Type of look, and and uh, so I kind of ask them ahead of time. How do you want to do this? Yeah, it's smart. But yeah, I I I agree. The tension spans are short, unless you're popping things, unless your colors are really strong, uh, unless you're. Uh, your effects uh, or your transitions uh, draw attention, you won't get very many views. Right. So let me switch gears here with you. What I think is awesome is is that you guys are a power couple. How long have you guys been married? You we got married 11, 11, 11. 11, 11, 11. That's, oh, wow. What a great date. Yes. So. We got married on a catamaran. 
happened at St. John's in Jacksonville. And uh, it was you know, a beautiful day, a little on the cold side. Uh -huh. It was November. But what was really interesting at the end of the ceremony, so it was like a five-hour you know, trip out, mm -hmm. have a ceremony, and then trip back. Uh -huh. And the, the couple that owned the, the catamaran have been doing vacations with people and you know they've been around on the water for a long time mm -hmm. and after the ceremony a part of about 30 or 40 dolphins oh, started wow. jumping around the boat and they said no, they have never nice seen that before well, it was like a sign that this was meant it to was be it was it was a good experience yeah that's awesome I won't forget it, but if I did, I'd really be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, that and your date, right? I know. And then, yeah, if you forget, yeah, if you forget eleven, 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 you're in big trouble. That's right. Yeah. Can you guys give advice to couples who do work together? Wow, that's a tough one. No, man. it's not. What do you mean it's it tough? Is tough? It's not tough. It's a loaded question. Most of them want to kill each other. <laughs> All right, I'll start since he's looking at it from a tough perspective. Um, when when you work together, and, and I'm, I'm anticipating that that question means if you're like with each other 24 seven and you're working together, mm -hmm. how do you not, you know, like wanna chop each other's heads off? Um, we have a, a unique relationship in mm -hmm. that both of us, before we met, were into personal development. Okay. So we did a lot of work on our own selves, making sure you know we know who we are, our own strengths, uh, boundaries, and um, once we came together, that kind of melded as far as we stay as individuals, but we also make sure that as we grow together and, and life goes on together, that we, um, as a union, also do the self-development. So it's separate self-development and union. So if there is conflict or contrast, which does not happen very often, but mm -hmm. men from Mars, women from Venus, it happens. Right. Um, we, you know, we recognize, okay, this is a little glitch. So we go off and we figure out, you know, what what we have to do to make sure that we come back together and, and resolve. Mm -hmm. So we we live on the basis that we want to be happy. Mm -hmm. We want to feel good about our experiences. And because I'm a coach and he had 35 years in the RV industry, mm -hmm. uh, sales training and managing companies and helping to grow companies, we both come into our particular relationship with a lot of strength in um, being able to, to bring that balance. Mm -hmm. And we both meditate, we both take time to sort through our thoughts and our feelings. And we're positive. So everything and anything that's about us, you will recognize and notice that we're all about growth, growth mindset, purpose driven and motivated and inspiring and empowering. Mm -hmm. um, because you know, we want to live our life to the fullest, but then we also want to help other people. Mm -hmm. So the Nod TV is our platform for others mm -hmm. to have a place, to have a voice, to showcase their dreams, their visions, and um, it actually stands for knowledge, notice, observe, become. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we do that in everything that we do together and separately. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's making sure that if you're with someone as a couple, 
and you're with them 24 hours and you work together and you live together, it's making sure that um, you're always on the same page. And if you're not, to work it out. You know, and we trust each other. We have, we're, we have integrity with each other. There's no jealousy. There's no, um, you know, we don't, we don't berate each other. You know, it's always on a, on a platform of collaboration and cooperation mm -hmm. and making sure that the other person is doing okay and feeling good. And if not, and we have an, a part in that, then we have to figure out well, how do we interact with them so that we don't trigger them or we don't bring something that's going to be a, um, a glitch in our relationship. Mm -hmm. To shortcut that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What can I do to be the very best me? What can I do to help her be the very best her, her me? And what can we do together to be the very best us? Yeah, I love that. That's a good reader's digest, thank you. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, I'm a guy. We do things shorter. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a girl. I like to explain. So mm -hmm. There you go. Mm -hmm. I have a comment here that says, you guys are such a beautiful couple. Oh, thank you. Very nice. Thank mm -hmm. you. Um, so how long have you been in the coaching business? Um, I've been coaching, mentoring, teaching forever. But I finally decided that in 2014 to go ahead and and get my certification so mm -hmm. that um officially you know i felt that i could could uh, have that as a back, background in a in a, in a, um, a part of where i am now so prior to that i have a master's in transpersonal psychology mm -hmm. so i've taken my master's and my coaching certification um and i've created i'm the founder of the core thinking blueprint method and that really is uh goes back to what i said as i work with purpose-driven entrepreneurs to re-engineer their brain to um upgrade your, your thinking so you know we have our saboteur we have our, our, the, the part of us that brings in the doubts and the fears or if someone is, is successful and feels good but they know there's another level it's um, a, it's working with someone to really help them to become the best version of themselves mm -hmm. and to take their strengths and their knowledge and whatever gifts they have and make it stronger so that they can be a, um, a valid leader that other people really want to follow or an owner of a company that is uh, allowing the whole environment, the culture to be a thriving culture. Mm. Do you find that most people are self-sabotaging and they're they're their own blocks to their own success and you just got to kind of find those for people and help them remove them? Yeah. 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 And, and you know, a lot of it is fear. A lot of it is um, conditioning. And it's, it's hard to get out of your own way. And that's why someone like me is good to, to have around because I see what you may not see in yourself and I bring it up to the surface and then you're like, oh, that was there. Oh, okay, that, that's what's causing me. Because, you know, we can hit our head against the wall a hundred times, but it's not going to get us to where we want to go because you can't see what's blocking you or understand what the holdup is or what 
is not allowing you to take that next step, mm -hmm. then you're you're going to stay where you are. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, it's a beautiful experience to be mm -hmm. able to unleash all that and let mm -hmm. it go mm -hmm. and see what the potentials are. So you know, imagine going that next step and what it what it offers. Mm -hmm. I know everybody. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> For me, it was simpler. I um, early '90s, after working um, as an RV salesperson mm -hmm. for a while, and a finance manager, mm -hmm. and watching behavior of salespeople, watching behavior of management. I finally decided, you know, these people just need to quit faking it. <laughs> they're faking it. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Basically, they're all trying to impress, you know, themselves and each other. And uh, they're all trying to impress customers to make a sale. And, mm -hmm. and uh, there, there was a, a real lack of being genuine. Right. And um, I decided that I wanted to make a difference in that. So I became headed into management with, I was going to change that. That's very interesting about, you know, and, and how you put, how you implement into that, into sales. When you tell me that it, it reminds me of a time and, and I would like you to see what your opinion is about this. I had a friend that was deciding he had an old Subaru and while he was getting some work on it, he happened to, just test drive another Subaru and the sales guy he used to be a foot surgeon and he said he had a couple of lawsuits he won them but it gave him so much bad publicity that he it sunk his practice so he just decided to be his friend owned a car dealership and he just and he decided to become a car, you know work at the dealership he said you know I got to the point where I was afraid to answer the phone anymore but anyways I'll get to the point is so we're test driving the thing and he just sat in the back and he was just talking about his experience and he, he was almost like I don't care if drive the car whatever he didn't care if you want the car whatever he was just kind of hanging out and letting you drive the car and my friend liked it and traded in and got that car but I that f feels to me like what you're saying about be authentic and not you know but I don't know as a salesperson, when do you apply, you know, at some certain time, I guess you've got to apply. Maybe you don't need to, you know, that, and from someone experienced like you, do you need to actually try to close the deal or, or somehow did he convince this guy somehow being that he wanted the car on his own? What do you think? The combination of being um, authentic, being yourself, um, supplying the information that the, consumer needs mm -hmm. uh, accurate information right um, and quite frankly they're gonna if if they're looking at a vehicle they're gonna buy one from somebody right um, and it, it, why wouldn't it be you I mean right. if you're being honest with them mm -hmm. and giving them the information they need, and doing a really good service, mm -hmm. um, it you have the right to ask them if they want to get it from you. Right. So that, that's one of the things that your friend decided 
you know, I just really like the experience. So I'm going to get it. But most of the time it really takes, well, you know, what do you think? Is there, you know, um, would you like to own it? You know, I mean, the question is valid, you know, after an hour, right. It's, would you like it? You know, what do you think of, uh, you know, would you like it? So you do have to ask right. just like anything you do have to, you have to ask. Right. Well, be, oh, let me ask you this. Is it, do you have to ask or do you have to apply a little pressure with the asking? Uh, you know, pressure, if, if the customer is feeling pressure, then you're doing a really poor job. Okay. That's interesting. RV is different than a car, obviously, but you feel like, you know, you're, you got a lot of pressure and maybe it's just your own mental baggage that, you know, buying a car is a big investment, you know? But there can be, I mean, you think about the stories you've heard about buying a car, <laughs> you know, but it, it's, if the salesperson isn't genuine and cannot develop a relationship mm. in a half an hour, maybe three quarters of an hour, you know, by, you know, actually truthfully explaining things and showing that it's the truth. Mm -hmm. If you can't do that, then personally, I wouldn't trust him either. Right. <laughs> you know? And I, I would feel pressure if he started asking me to buy something that I, I quite frankly, you know, wasn't sure if, my, if, if it would work because right. I wasn't feeling good about the information I've had so far. Right. So I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, it does. It needs to be genuine. Right. And, you know, I just, I, as you notice, you guys will say something and my, I, my thoughts drift. So when you said that, it kind of like, oh, I want to know about <laughs> sales, you know. Well, then that's part of what you're doing, really. Um, and, and we do that, too. Um, something will come up that actually is something really interesting to explore. And if, mm -hmm. if it's good for other people, then that's good. Yeah. All right. Let me chat. Let me ask you this. I saw on your Facebook page, I think it was your, Oh, I'm not sure which one it was, but there was a question that I think Eileen posted that it said, how, uh, where was it? I wrote it down here. Um, can humanity really change? But I didn't see an answer there. So what is your answer to that? I was stalking you on your Facebook page. Just kidding. But I saw that you had something that you, there was a question there that you posted that can humanity really change? Oh, what is the answer to that? Some people believe, no, they don't change. You know what? My, my, thoughts about humanity is we are humans all throughout all time has patterns mm. and history has patterns people in general are set up in a way to kind of go forward but then seem to go back a few steps and then go forward yeah, right so it's like well in this i like to say life is the master teacher okay and so we go through experiences not something good or bad but an experience and we learn from that experience so we learn as a, a individual but we also have like well the mass consciousness and you know when there's a group that is 
going in a direction and thinking the same thing and doing the same thing, it's going to create an energy. It's going to create a momentum. Or a particular result. Or a particular result. But not, you know, I can't say that every single person in this world today, the 8 billion, 9 billion people, mm -hmm. are all going to think alike and do the same thing. It's impossible because right. there's a concept, there's a principle of, of the universe called polarity. Okay. And so you cannot have dark without light, hot without cold. And so life experiences, you, you grow from the polarity of, of the good. Now, what I mentioned earlier about us always wanting to make sure that our, our lives are built on joy and fulfillment and happiness, um, we do, we have learned how to uh, like put the hand up to the polarity. So we recognize when something's coming into our life that could cause some discomfort. And we immediately uh, figure out what we need to do or say, or what we need to put into action to squash it quickly. Hmm. So we don't have drama, we don't do drama, and we teach others how to treat us. So humanity, humans, it's all about choice. So nothing happens till we have a thought. So a thought starts, then you have a feeling, and then based on that feeling, you take action. And based on my core thinking principle, when you learn to really have a good grip on your thought and where that's coming from, then your actions are going to fulfill what your desire is. So can humanity change? I believe it can. Can, he, can humans really come together as one? I see it happening now. I'm involved with a company called um, Bringing Humanity Together. Mm -hmm. People from all over the world are coming on board. Mm -hmm. And the whole the whole idea of that is to bring humanity back into the workplace, into organizations, so people feel heard, they feel understood, they feel valued, they feel like they're a part of something. You know, we've lost that in society. We've lost that in our communication, our connection with each other. Mm -hmm. So is the potential there? Absolutely. The, the, the question is, are we willing as individuals to step up to the play and make it happen and, and create the opportunities? for the change? My answer <laughs> would be yes, <laughs> temporarily. Uh -huh. And overall, no, mm. it's going to keep recycling. There was a guy and he said that freedom of choice is an illusion because our subconscious is kind of hardwired and what and i guess his best way of giving an example of that is he's just said close your eyes and tell me you're like your favorite movie and most of the time your favorite movie or your favorite song generally for most people will pop into your head pretty fast and you didn't sit there and think that it just popped into your head so your subconscious already gave you an answer and I'm, I believe what he's trying to say is a lot of our decisions and biases and, and beliefs are just kind of probably due to our experiences in life are already hardwired into us or they just pop up immediately. If you can step back, kind of like you're saying, and make a choice, well, is this really it or not? That, that's a very good point. And one of the things that I also considered is we all know that 
uh, to some degree that we get hardwired when we're very young. Yeah. I think we're told and experiences that we have and we, we just kind of, as we grow and we experience these different things, then we store this information that, you know, that may not be good to work off of, but it's there. Yeah. But I believe there's some genetic imprinting. Yeah. So, um, just like the geese, they know where north is, right? Right. Yeah. So it's very possible that that things are passed down from our ancestors, genetically mm-hmm. uh, imprinted, that ends up in the in the composition of our of our brain. Yeah. Um, so we might carry forward some things from there too, and and that's a theory on my own. Right. I mean, I would. I mean, I, your sorry. mileage might differ. No, no, I can agree with that. And I I would just add to that, that I think, you know, you know, you basically learn, you know, as a child from your family, you're kind of a product of your environment. Well, that doesn't mean that you have to stay exactly that result of that being a product of environment goes back to choice. We, Mm. we, we choose every day how our life is going to unfold. Mm. Now, there are we are exposed to things that try to pull us in certain directions. And if it doesn't feel good, we uh, distance ourselves from that. And so, you know, in order for humanity to come together in a more peaceful way, in a way that, that more people can feel connected to others without the destruction and the fear and the hate and, you know, all the, all the negative uh, behaviors and thinking mm-hmm. is that we have to, as humans, learn to respect each other, learn to respect life, life yeah. in general, you know, because um, wouldn't you think that would have to be started with raising your children? As well, right? well, absolutely. I don't absolutely. think anybody actually raises their children to accept a non-judgmental equally sharing world well some people do but probably not enough to to create that change and create the world that we all want quite frankly um the ones that if only a certain amount of children are raised that way then there's going to be other people that are going to be predators that weren't it's going to take from them exactly that's part of that polarity yeah so right i mean it's it's almost like a dichotomy for us as humans because there's, there's that dark and that light and the ones that, that really want and can bring forth the change, but then you have that pull from the others who don't want that change for whatever their reasons are. And so there's that conflict and that contrast. So it's, it's a battle of the wills of the people of humanity of, um, you know, bridging all of that. I'm thinking it's going to be about a thousand years. Oh, probably more. (laughs) Yeah. However, it's going to be people like you that make that difference. Well, I don't know. I'm not. I don't know if I'm going to be around a thousand years. You're you're nonconformist. I mean, that's you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Um. Darn it! I just lost my train of thought. I was going to ask you something. Um, Well, let me go to this. since you are helping people in your um, coaching, 
how long does it take for you to see significant results? I'll have to say that um, breakthroughs for me with my clients start immediately hmm. because I have a expectation that my clients are going to move forward because that's what that's what I do with my coaching. It's to move them to that next level that they want to be at. So I start them off with making sure that they step forward immediately and that they're able to start seeing that shift and apply it. So I have a 90-day program, Core Thinking Blueprint program. Uh, it takes 30 days for any shift a major shift to occur for an adaptation of any change in thinking or action to become a new way of being, a new way of doing. 90 days, it's, so there's a, there's, a, there's a process of 30 days is the, the dismantling of the foundation. The next 60 days is the, the building of that foundation. And then the last 30 days is building upon that. So it's like building a house. Mm. And so um, by the time someone's finished with this particular program, mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're, a, they're a whole new person that, that sees things in a whole new light. Mm -hmm. So part of what I do with my coaching is, is opening people to new perspectives. Mm -hmm. Because if we, you know, I think it was um, Einstein that said, if we try to solve thinking, solve problems with the same kind of thinking, you're not going to get a different result. Right. right? So... Um, working with me, with my core thinking principles, and the way that I uh, help to unravel those, those core deep unknowns that I have an ability to tap into. Um, actually, 100% of my clients always feel, you know, the monkey on our backs, the weight on our shoulders, mm -hmm. they, they feel that go away. You know, mm -hmm. They literally physically feel lighter. They feel relief mm -hmm. because they're able to let go of whatever's hindering, whatever's stuck inside, whatever is, is causing the mental blocks and the, you know, the monkey mind. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I help with clarity mm -hmm. and confidence to, to really master that inner game. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. great. Yeah, it's interesting. What projects are you working on right now that you would like people to know about? Projects. Well, the bringing humanity together is, is a project, even though it's a company. Um, so uh, it's, it's a great opportunity to bring people together and be a part of something that's going to create change. And it's already empowering people to want, they, they see when, when we're talking with them about what this company is doing they see the opportunity for that change that everybody wants because it's going into an organization, doing an assessment, figuring out, finding out what the um, glitch is and you know, where the problem is and uh, bringing the solution. And the solution is going to be a viable, solid solution, not just come in and give talks and you know, give short seminars. It's, these are your problems. This is what's not working. Mm -hmm. This is how we're going to give you a prescription and a solution. And then we implement it. And so, um, and it's all geared towards culture, you know, the inner culture of a, of a company. So that what the employees are experiencing, the board members, 
CEOs, the executives, the managers understand that this is what's really happening, not what they think is happening. And so it's bridging that gap. Yeah, one of the other things that happens in, in companies is you have management, upper management looking at numbers and evaluating people off of those numbers. Mm-hmm. And then you have actually humans on the other end that they really don't know what the circumstances of what's going on in their job description, what they're doing, the people they're interacting with, what's happening at home. They have no concept of that. They're just looking at numbers. I had asked your wife here, and maybe you might have something that you would like to speak of. I was, I just asked her, do you have any projects that you're working on that you would like people to know about? Do you personally have anything going on? It's more you. Me? I guess I'm, I'm, I, well, I, I just told him about the bringing humanity together. Oh, I, yeah, basically, I'm here to support her. I've, I've had uh, a very successful life. Mm-hmm. Um, the projects that I've done uh, has brought a lot of success. I was paid well to do what I did. And uh, I've been, I've spoke to a lot of people, trained a lot of people, and designed programs for companies and and procedures and wrote manuals for companies and uh, I, I've done I've done it yeah but he's retired and yeah. now um, I'm here to support her in her endeavors and quite frankly uh, she has a very strong drive uh, uh, towards humanity and and really adding to um, the benefit of humanity and, and helping people get what they want and you know in the life they want and I'm just I'm a hundred percent behind supporting her right some of the knob TV right you know, she's bringing uh, talking to people and bringing content to me these people you know is this good enough you know these people really want to be heard in the world. And I look at it and say, yes, let's, let's put them out there. And then I do all the technology mm-hmm. that it takes to get that up there for, for other people to view. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm really her support. I'm her support network. My, um, yeah, I do have one more project that I wanted to share. Sure. So, um, there's a, uh, an MD from Stanford that I've connected with mm-hmm. and I did an interview for uh, my talk show, Hotel Talk, for his book that just came out, Gain Without Pain. And um, it, it came about because he lost his son to suicide mm-hmm. and has seen a lot of um, burnout. And um, there is a high suicide rate now for doctors and people in the medical field. Right. So he had his own process that he had to go through in order to... Um, Come, come to peace with his son's his own son's death wow and so uh i interviewed him for his book and we're going to be doing an interview for each chapter and then the two of us are going to be continuing a series uh based on the game principles game without pain, pain principles um for different sections of groups of people so the one that he and i are going to write together has to do with um small business and entrepreneurs 
So uh, it's the happiness principles of gain without pain. And gain stands for um, gratitude, acceptance, intention, and non-judgment. Okay, yeah, because I'm, I mean, I'm old school, and I, I, when I think of that, I think of the opposite, you know, no gain without pain. So I find that interesting. <laughs> that, you, that applies to working out. <laughs> so when I hear gain without pain, that sounds good. Yes, yeah. it is. And, and um, it's a great book. I've read it, of course, obviously. And, uh, you know, it, it, he's also working on the culture of wellness through the Stanford University and, and some other organizations. So I think there's a, there's, a, there's a movement right now where people want more humanity, more, you know, things that, that allow the culture to be um, heart-centered heart and where people can go to work and feel good and not have uh, the stress and the, and the um, chaos and the toxicity in their environments. And right. I'm sure if you watch this, probably at least 50% or not or more will be saying to themselves, you know, you know, I have a toxic boss or a toxic coworker, or, mm. you know, I really hate my job because the whole environment is toxic. And right. It, it shouldn't be like that. Right. I mean, there's no reason for it. Interesting right? enough, uh, no gain, no pain, no gain. That That's really true when it comes to physical. Because if you're going to train to do something that's hard, you're it's going to be painful. Right. Yeah. It's what it is. With um, with work, there are some aspects of work that without pain, there's no gain. But it's usually more physical. Mm-hmm. The other part is is how much pain does it take to to be centered in your passion and in your talent and think your way through something to create something that's good for everybody else in the company that might not be so painful mm-hmm. doesn't unless you have to deal with you know obstacles you know people trying to block that difficult people right difficult people, difficult people suck right but, yeah <laughs> There you go. Yeah. In an <laughs> ideal world, everybody w- uh, would be found out what their talents and what they really have passions about and what they really want to do, mm-hmm. what they're attracted to, mm-hmm. uh, to where they would be willing to learn about that and, and bring that talent and, that, and the knowledge that they gain as they go to the rest of us to share mm-hmm. and combine. Uh, that's actually not painful. Right. You know, it's just, I guess I'll, you know, you can look at inspirational. I totally get what you're saying and, and believe it. And you can also say that, you know, I think you've seen inspirational quotes out there that say something like, you know, when things get uncomfortable is when you finally start growing. You know what I mean? When you get to that space where you're going out of your comfort zone, yeah, mm-hmm. but that doesn't have to be painful. It's just just it can be uncomfortable. And there's beauty on the other end of that. Right. Ideally, it wouldn't have to be uncomfortable because we'd all be encouraging each other. Right. Yeah, I like that. You know, on each other's passions uh, and talent to together produce 
products and information that works for all of us. Yeah. But we're a long ways from that. I'm sorry, what was that? I couldn't hear you on the last one. We're a long ways from that. Yeah, that would be amazing. That's really inspiring. I mean, I, I would love it if society was like that. Well, we're working towards it. And that's kind of what the bringing humanity together is about. Mm -hmm. What are the best ways for people to find out about you? Like, what are your, what are your best contacts? Okay, well, uh, they can reach me, uh, my website, uh, com. Okay. I do have a YouTube, uh, Eileen Build, an Instagram, Eileen Build. Okay. And uh, Eileen.Build. I have two. I got to get rid of the other one. So there's one that has like 120 members. So if you find that one, that's the right one. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we have Knob TV, um, Facebook, mm -hmm. and Ordinary to Extraordinary Life on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And Facebook. And Facebook. And there is a website for Knob TV that has a dash. So it's knob-tv.com. Mm -hmm. My email is coach at eileenbuild.com. What else? And then, of course, there's Eileen Build on Facebook. Oh, yes. There's Eileen Build and Trevor Build on Facebook. On Facebook. Mm -hmm. And we only want to let certain people in, you know. All right. And there's one more Facebook page that we have called uh, Mojo Monday Amusings. So That's a group. Well, it's a group, excuse me, it's a group. So, if you're looking oh, for also, some inspirational, then you go there. Yeah, and also um, I'm an international um, syndicated columnist on bizcatalyst360.com, B-I-Z-catalyst360.com. Okay, and my great. column is for thinking for high achievers. So did you all write that down? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, uh, if you're in the, and, and some people are going to be listening to this just on an audio podcast, so you're going to have to, you know, rewind and go back to get one of those places to find her. Whatever, whichever place you want to find her at. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're pretty easy. If you put in our names uh, individually, you'll right. find us. If yeah, if you just put in Eileen Build, you'll somehow work your way to one of her sites. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think I'm like two and a half pages on Google, something like that. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> if you Google well, my name, that's because she talks a lot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Before we wrap it up here, do you guys have one last message that you would like to leave the audience with? You start. You know, just just take a pause, take a minute, and think about what you really want what you really would like to be doing and what that outcome dream about that outcome that, that you would like to have from that and focus on that instead of all the negative obstacles that are thrown at you all the time those always i've, I've seen decades of nothing but negative stuff thrown out there. It hasn't changed anything. What's made a difference is what each individual person chose to do personally themselves that made a difference in their life. None of the rest of that stuff made a difference. It didn't change a thing. And I'll add to, um have the gratitude attitude every day. So when you wake up in the morning before you do anything, just take a moment to be grateful and to appreciate 
who you are, what you have, even if you feel, you know, life sucks. Mm-hmm. You have something, you, you, you're breathing. Mm-hmm. And the more that you practice that, the more the positive will come into your life. I'm glad that you said that. It's like the second time I've got that message recently. Uh-huh. So for some reason, <laughs> I need to put that into practice. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Apparently, that might be true. Yeah, it's coming to me, so it's a sign. It's a sign that I need to to observe. Um, Well, guys, thank you so much for spending some time with me. I really appreciate it. You guys were awesome guests. I wish you massive success with all your projects, and have a great evening. Thank you. We wish you the same. Thank you. And thank you for what you're doing. Yes. We really appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much. Have a good evening. Good night. Bye-bye.